Hello there. Welcome to Breadwinning Moms. I'm your host, Chloe Taylor-Brown. My mission is to inspire independent women everywhere and to encourage breadwinning moms. If you're curious, ambitious, and have your own identity, or if you're wanting to develop your own authentic identity and brand, personally and professionally, then I say let's rock and roll because this show is for you. Hello there and happy new year. It is 2015. I am Chloe Taylor Brown and I am very, very pleased and very happy and really giddy to be here with you today to celebrate the very first show of 2015, Breadwinning Moms with Chloe. We got a real sexy, cool show for you today and our topic is the real sexy, cool side of marketing to women and working mothers. Have you ever noticed how big corporations and small businesses are like are paying really, really attention and marketing to women today from the Home Depot and their do-it-herself campaign to Puma Athletic Gear, naming the singer Rihanna its new creative director. You know, there's so many things that's going on in marketing and branding and image and style and what's hot. And I am very, very excited to be presenting this show to you today. Again, I am Chloe Taylor-Brown, your host for Breadwinning Moms. It is the very first Wednesday of 2015. We've got a really, really great show lined up for you today. I'm so excited about both of our guests. Our first guest is really a true, true powerhouse that I want to introduce to you uh, today. Uh, you know we're kicking off this year with the real, it's really, really sexy, really cool, and it's all about marketing because really, if you think about it, not only is business about marketing, but yourself, your own personal style, that is marketing. What you wear, where you live, where you like to go out and hang out and have fun, what you do, that's all been been presented to you pretty much by a creative marketing campaign. So if you're a breadwinning mom, an entrepreneur, a business owner, or working for a company where marketing, branding, image, and advertising are important, then I say we're going to rock and roll today because we're going to be jumping start, jump start in the year off by talking about it. And as I said, we have a really great lineup for you today. I want to tell you about our first guest, a real, true, amazing spirit, a woman who I really, really admire. Uh, I'm going to make sure that she is plugged in before I go ahead and tell you all about her. And she is, and I'm going to let you know, she is none other than Janice Roberson. She's an operational process guru. And when I tell you that she's a guru, the people that she works with, they're winning left and right. And I've had an opportunity to meet Janice Robinson personally. As I said, she's an organizational growth strategist and former corporate maverick and power player from this big corporate world who's decided that she wants to step out and be her own breadwinning mom and work for herself. Her company is uh, called let me see if I get this right. 
Maroa Consulting, and she's going to let me know if I've gotten it right. She's the CEO of her own company where she's combining her passion for ministry with her corporate background in marketing and public relations. And she's offering leaders real strategic approaches to growth and expansion. We're going to get deeper into what she does, but I want you to help me to welcome my first guest, Janice Robertson. Hello, Janice. Hi, Chloe. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. I had an opportunity to listen to uh, one of your recent, I think it was an online seminar. I listened to it online, but it was very, very, very powerful and really inspiring. And I was inspired to reach out to you. And of course, I'm excited to hear a little bit about that. But I would just like for you to tell people uh, just a little bit about yourself, how you made your transition from corporate America to be able to be the CEO of your own company. And pronounce that for me, please. It's pronounced Marua, Marua, which means Marua Consulting. Yes. It means what? Yes, yes, yes. To see the world. Oh, wow. And that's really appropriate because that's kind of what you do in marketing. You help people to see the vision, which helps us to see the world. Is that what yes. you kind of what you're thinking about? <laughs> it was exactly what I was thinking about. I help people to get their message out to the world. So, um, have, you, yeah. have you always been an individual who's like to help people to figure things out and make things clear? I have, Chloe. I have all of my life. I've, I'm the oldest of five. And um, for as long as I can remember, I was giving advice, teaching fake students, bossing my siblings around. So um, for me, there hasn't been a problem that I don't enjoy trying to figure out how to make it work. So it's kind of how, how I'm designed. Were you in your first um, corporate job? I'm not sure about your how you worked yourself up to be this guru and corporate maverick uh, in marketing with corporate America. But was your first job in marketing, or did you kind of transition into what you loved later once you realized you could? Well, Chloe, that's an interesting question. Actually, my very first job was at um, at TJ Maxx. <laughs> I I was. 15 with a work permit, and I had an opportunity to work at TJ Maxx as a cashier. So it had nothing to do with marketing, but then everything to do with marketing, because part of the job there was making sure the displays um, were appropriate so that people would want to buy the clothes there. But, you know, Chloe, if I'm honest, at that time in my life, at 15 years old, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And for a great portion of my career in corporate America, I wasn't really sure exactly what I wanted to do. But what I did was I was intentional about showing up and doing my very best wherever I was. And um, one of the things I learned along my journey is I paid attention to the things I like to do. And I like talking to people. I like fixing problems. I like coming up with systems. I did not know that was going to turn into marketing. No, you could have paid me to think that it was going to be marketing. As a matter of fact, I used to say things like, I don't want to be a salesperson um, because I don't want to be pushy, and I don't want my money to depend on whether or not someone says yes to me. So for me to be a CEO today is kind of like <laughs> So you surprised yourself in being the CEO of your company? I did. I did. I did. While and I, you know what? Um, I, I was always, Go ahead. 
what I really like about our our conversation today is not only are you this this you were a former corporate maverick and now you're a maverick in your own arena that you created for yourself out of what you love is that you're also a breadwinning mother. So you can speak to us and our audience on on many levels today, and I, I'm really appreciative of that, and can't wait to uh, for you to complete your story and tell us how you transitioned. Well, I'm excited about sharing. Um, Yes, I am a mom, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. One of the things I want to encourage the ladies to to think about as they're on their journey is sometimes you see people in a position like where we are today, and you're like, man, she's doing exactly what she loves. She's always known it, and, and you think they have it all together, and clearly that was not my story. But I did pay attention to things along the way, and I wanted to make sure that I shared that. Um, You know, since I was a young girl, I was kind of an entrepreneur. Um, I raked leaves for money. I know people, girls don't usually do that. Um, I also used to cut grass at age nine for money. On Saturday mornings, my sister and I would go out in the neighborhood. We had a lawnmower, and we would cut grass um, on Saturday mornings between 9 and 12 before it got too hot. And that's how we made money to buy what we wanted. Um, We also um, recycled bottles. So although in my mind, logically, I didn't think I was going to be a salesperson nor an entrepreneur, when I look back, those things um, that make me a great CEO today, I've I've had them innately in me. Um, But my journey toward being who I am, you had something you wanted to say? Well, yes, I I wanted to kind of break in there because your story is so fascinating. I wanted to say that it, it was kind of like the hustability and stickability to, you know, I, I look at some kids today and young adults and they never had to hustle. You know, things have been given to them or the way has been made easy and they just kind of walk through it. So you had to figure out a way of, of hustling and, and cutting the grass and, and, and recycling. And you stuck with it long enough that you could see the return on your investment. Now, that's a word that you guys use in marketing all the time because we want to <laughs> see a return on our investment. <laughs> so how are you feeling when you were a teenager and you were, you were seeing that return on your investment? I felt accomplished. I felt really good. And, you know, um, Chloe, I felt independent. Like, I could make my own money. So I never, I mean, so I learned very early, very, very early. I'm so grateful for it that I didn't have to wait on someone to do something for me, that if I wanted if I wanted something, there was a way. I can figure out a way to make it happen. So I'm really excited about that. What did you get from being the oldest of five children was that a lot of pressure i know that i'm i have i'm one of eight siblings i have two older brothers there's me the oldest girl two younger brothers and then three little sisters that i pretty much helped to raise and i know that being the oldest for me seemed like it was a weight on my shoulders but not a not in a way that it was really weighing me down in a negative way, but it was heavy for a young person to carry that, okay, I have to step up and be little mommy to, to my little sisters and brothers. Did you feel anything like that being the oldest? Well, you know, Chloe, at the time I didn't, and I'll tell you why. When you're in the thick of things and you're in the throes of, of certain situations, 
you just figure out it's a way of life. And so for me, it was a way of life. I'm the, I'm the oldest of five. I've always been the oldest. I'm the second oldest grandchild. I was the first to do many things in my family and in my family line. So it just kind of came with the territory. It wasn't until I got into other situations with other people that I realized, man, this is not, this is not normal. <laughs> like everyone doesn't think like this. Everyone doesn't have to, you know, cook dinner and make sure that you, you save some money or put this away. I didn't realize that everyone else didn't have the same responsibilities as I did. And so um, I didn't get a chance, which I'm really grateful for that, to feel like, man, this is a lot. Because if I think if I did, I would have kind of buckled. I would have buckled a little bit because I would have seen all my friends um, doing all this stuff and having it easy, and, and then I would have probably did a comparison. Um, I could have possibly done a comparison, an unhealthy comparison between my life and others' lives. But for me, actually, um, it wasn't until really, really tough times or um, when I, really when I went to college that I realized, man, I had a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> I didn't know, though. I just didn't know. Yeah, we don't know what we don't know until it's presented mm-hmm. to us. But you were able to have a successful um, career at TJ Maxx, and then you went on and you created some new things for yourself, and you went to college. And and so fast forward, well, not to today, but how did you get into corporate America, and what did were you doing in corporate America? Well, well, Chloe, let me just share a little bit, bit of my backstory. I come from a um, really interesting, challenging childhood. I was the oldest of um, five. Um, one of my parents died. My father died when I was 11 years old. My mother had a struggle with a drug addiction most of my life. So because of that, um, I had this mindset that I was going to – I grew up in the hood. So in very in in the hood, that's just what we called it. So I had a mindset that I was going to get out of the hood no matter what it took. So for me, I went to school. I focused diligently and made great grades. And I knew this was my plan. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get a co- go to college. I'm going to get a scholarship. Go to school. Get a scholarship because I didn't think I didn't know that you couldn't go to college without a scholarship. I didn't know you could. I thought you had to get one in order to go, or your parents had to be rich. And I knew my parents weren't rich, so I needed to get a scholarship so that I could go to college, I wanted to graduate college, and I wanted to have a great job so I would not have to live in a hood, and that was my plan. So that was the big plan that I had. So everything that I did, every job, every job I've ever had, part-time job, every tutoring job, anything I've ever had, I've looked at it as I want to do my very best so I can move to the next level because I wanted to get out of the hood, and I wanted to have a great life. And so um, from TJ Maxx, I went to college, and that was great. And my first job, um, I remember, it was crazy. I got, um, I, was, I became a mom early. I was pregnant my senior year in college. And so on my first interview with the job that I ended up getting out of college with Conoco Oil Company, I was eight months pregnant on the initial interview. And so I went in there as if there was nothing wrong with me, as if my belly wasn't sticking all the way out, and I knocked <laughs> out of the park. <laughs> and so by the time it was time for my second interview, I, the first interview was in Georgia where I lived. The second interview, they flew me to Houston. I had already delivered my baby. I never mentioned anything. I'd read all of these books on how to give great interviews, what was legal to talk about, what wasn't um, legal to talk about, how every step was, um, every meeting, every encounter was a part of the interview process. So I really had done a lot of my work because, remember, my goal was to get out of the hood. And now that right. I have a daughter, I wanted her to have a great life. 
So um, I interviewed in Houston, um, knocked it out of the park. I had my daughter in November. I interviewed in January. And my first job out of college, I was working in marketing. Didn't know really anything about marketing. In Conoco, um, in Denver, Colorado, (laughs) from Georgia. Wow. And really, that was my entryway into um, corporate America on a bigger scale. Um, I'd worked smaller jobs in corporate America, but that was my big entryway into corporate America. That's amazing. I love that story um, for many reasons, but what sticks out mostly to me is your confidence and boldness in going uh, to show up for a job at eight months pregnant, a new job, a new interview, as though that, you know, um, I'm here and you've been waiting for me. And apparently they were. (laughs) (laughs) They were waiting on me. So um, that must have really pumped you up, your ego. It did. But, you know, um, two things that have fueled me throughout my life. I'm I'm definitely a goal-oriented woman, but I I also am a woman of great faith. And, um, you know, Chloe, I've always gone into situations the underdog. Um, I didn't come from the the best background. I didn't have all of, you know, all the money that other people had. I didn't have, even though I was very smart, I didn't have all the accolades of the top person. There was probably some people that were um, higher in achievement than I was. But what I did come with um, with every single time was this enormous faith, enormous faith. It was ridiculous and crazy, but it worked every time. I just believed that God would make a way. And I always thought that God thought I was his favorite daughter. And so he would make a way for his favorite daughter. So whatever the situation was, um, even as a teenager, I prayed and I asked God to help me. And I, I would ask him to give me wisdom and I would ask him to show me what to do. And, and Chloe, that is the confidence that I stood on. It wasn't so much my skills and my abilities, although I did believe in those. I had greater confidence that there was um, God working with me and that I was working with him. So whatever was going to happen was, was going to be because he was on my side. I love that. And so that must be one of the reasons or or maybe the greatest reason why you're working. You have chosen to work with the individuals and organizations that you're working with now uh, with your company, uh, Maroa uh, Consulting and uh, working with uh, preachers and ministers and Christian leaders and entrepreneurs too. And you're helping them to master their marketing plan. So you call yourself, and I'm sure they call you too, once you finish with them, a master marketing mentor and guru. Is that how you attract it? Um, I was listening to Esther Hicks the other day, and she said, you can't get there from here. And then she said, <laughs> you can be ready right here where you are, and then there can come to you. So you being who you are and with your enormous faith and your background and your skills in marketing, did that, did that uh, genre, that group of people come to you based on who you are? Or did you uh, intentionally go out to say, I'm going to work with these um, the Christian leaders and pastors and ministers? Um, actually, it was the latter. What happened is, you know, coming from my background, my first goal was to make it big. So, I mean, you know, some people are like, I don't want to make it big. Well, I wasn't that young lady. I wanted to do big things. I had this big dream of climbing the corporate ladder, of having a corporate office, of making great money, of having a VP position, because I just thought that was the life. And so for me, that's what I wanted. I wanted to wear suits every day and have a briefcase and just be a powerful woman that's making <laughs> a difference in corporate America. 
<laughs> and so, Chloe, I did exactly that. My last corporate job before I became a CEO, I had a beautiful corner office. I wore suits every day. I traveled every other week. And, Chloe, I was like, really, is this what it is? I mean, I made great money. I did, and I enjoyed what I did, and it was my dream job, but I was unfulfilled. It was like I had mastered all the things on my checklist, and I was like, wow, they tricked me. Is this what it is? Like I got all the way to the top, and this is it? And so for me, what I realized that I was here to do something greater. Now, simultaneously, while I was working my corporate job, I've always served in my local church. Um, I, I will always give back to my church. My faith in God and my relationship with my church is really what has helped me in some of the most trying times of my life. So I feel it's my duty to give back to my local church. So I did, and I would give back. So I really worked my day job. And what I did in my church work was like another job, but I loved it. And what I realized is that um, the principles that were making me successful in my day job would work in my my ministry volunteerism. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I would try some stuff and see if it would work, you know, tweak it a little bit to, to fit our audience. And, you know, it was be, it was working. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this stuff really works. And so finally, um, you know, the Lord and I were having this intense conversation. I was on my way to work one day driving down 75, Highway 75 here in Atlanta, and the Lord was kind of letting me know that your time is up. And I was just like, what are you talking about? I mean, I have a corporate card. I'm doing really good. My daughter's in private school. Clearly you're not meaning my time at this job is up and he's like you know it is and and if I was honest it was it was up I knew it was because I wasn't excited as excited as I was um it wasn't fulfilling it wasn't fulfilling for me and I didn't know exactly what I was going to do but I did know this I know working with Christian leaders those who have a purpose beyond themselves those who have a higher purpose and they are willing to acknowledge it I know working with them was wildly satisfying for me and I knew that they struggled in this area of having a principle-centered approach to growing their organizations. They didn't know how to do it. They would have great ideas. They would have a lot of passion and tenacity, but they didn't know the right steps. Well, if I could do it for corporate America, surely I can do it in a Christian, faith-based, faith-centered environment. And so um, in 2007, I made the biggest leap I've ever made in my entire life. And I left my corporate job with my corporate card, I'm still going to talk about that, to pursue my passion working with Christian leaders. And actually, Chloe, at first I didn't start working with pastors. I mean, I had a couple of clients that were pastors. Most of the first people that I worked alongside were um, Christian entrepreneurs. They were people like me. They were business owners who um, who were driven by their faith. And they wanted to do things the right way. They didn't want to be sleazy and salesy and grimy, but they also wanted to be successfully successful financially. So those are my first clients. And then now, wow. eight years later, here I am. Eight long years. That's, you, you're over the seven-year yes. itch and hump. You, congratulations. That's doing it big for a business owner and sticking with it. And I know that you're going to definitely be taking it to the next level. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Breadwinning Moms with Chloe, and I'm your host, Chloe Taylor Brown, and we're talking to Miss Janice Roberson, and she is the CEO of her own company, which is Maroa Consulting, and she combines her passion for ministry with her corporate background in marketing and public relations to offer leaders a strategic approach approach to growth and expansion. Now, I know for myself, uh, Janice, that uh, a part of my problem in business has been uh, as a 
creative person and also as a thought leader, we can't always measure because a lot of the things are intangible, non-tangible goals. And so how can we measure our return, our investment in a world where there's sometimes non-tangible goals that we just can't touch, but we can see them? I love that. I so love it. Chloe, I love people like you because I am you, except for when I'm in my position working with my clients. Okay, so here are a couple things. So here's what I know. I know this. I know that for people who are like me and are like you, we're driven by our mission and by our purpose and something much deeper than a paycheck it's easy for us to seek intrinsic value with our work. That's why we do things that we love. However, my dear. Here's the however. I'm about to take notes, guys. Yes, yes. However, we must step out of this land of warm and fuzzy feelings and step into reality. And in reality, particularly as breadwinning moms, we have bills we need to pay. We have a lifestyle that we want to lead, and we, we have things that we, um, we have um, ideas and organizations and philanthropic, uh, philanthropic, philanthropic um, uh, you know, initiatives that we want to support. And mm-hmm. those things, they take more than warm and fuzzy feelings. They take more than, oh, man, I saved the world today. Oh, I made a difference. I'll tell you, Chloe, here's something I used to do in the beginning of my business. Um, you know, psych, not really in the beginning, three years into my business when I was making some decent money and I was like, oh, okay, I can kind of just give back. And I was so excited to give back. Here's the thing. You can keep giving back and you feel good and then you go to bed and wake up and guess what, Georgia Power still wants to be paid. Your car payment still has to be paid. My daughter's Mm -hmm. tuition still needed to be paid. And sometimes if you're not careful, um, you will escape the reality um, of the life that's facing you when you only do what you do for the intrinsic value. Now, I will say this. For people like you and I, those are decisions that we need to partner with someone else to help us to outline our, our lives and our businesses and our goals in a way that there is something tangible that we can use to measure our success. Um, there's a quote that says, if it um, can't be measured, it can't be managed. And so a lot of times we're trying to manage a life and we have nothing to quantify it with. Um, so one of the things, uh, particularly around this time of year when I'm working with my clients, one of the exercises I do with them is this. I, I ask them to first tell me what, do, what does success look like for them. If they could just have at the end of the year, December 31st, 2015, if they were to look back over the past 12 months and say, man, I had a great year, what would that look like? And I make them just dream. Tell me what would it look like? What will you be driving? How will you feel? How much money would you have? Or if you don't know that, what, what does it look like to you? For me, success is, you know, everything's in the black. <laughs> you know, this amount yes. of money saved. I've touched this amount of lives. And, and then I start making them go deeper. You know, how would you feel and, and why is that important? And so then, you know, sometimes, you know, people like you and I, it's like, I just want to make a difference because, Chloe, you just want to make a difference. I love you for that. And so I'm like, okay, but what is it? How do you know you've made a difference, Chloe? How do you know? Is it five women? Is it one woman? You know, is it, you know, 25 women? And so sometimes, Chloe, you can't ask yourself that. You have to have conversations with someone that can pull it out of you. That's what I get to do for my clients. The second step yeah, I love this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. This is really amazing. I'm getting. (laughs) Continue, please. (laughs) 
Okay, okay, okay. Um, and you can stop me because you know I love it. So after you've taken the time to envision what your life and your lifestyle is like, for women, that's important. You, you want to say that. What, what does your life look like and what does that lifestyle look like? So maybe, you know, there was a season in my life where for me, I just wanted to be fully supported. I told the Lord I would do whatever he wanted me to do if I was fully supported. And fully supported for me, Chloe, at that time in my life meant I could take care of my four walls. I've always been the bread. I've been a mom for 15 years. I've been the breadwinner for 15 years. So I need to make sure that all of the things that take care of my house were supported for. And then some of the other things, like I like to get my hair done and I want to get my nails done. I mean, Lord, I need all of that. So I had to quantify how much money it would take for me to be fully supported. And so then that was, at the time, that's all I would focus on. I would do whatever it was as long as I have enough to be fully supported. So then I This is really good because, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, it's so good because, you are a creative marketing operations guru. And what I've been learning from you um, is that to be effective, my creative ideas and my creative campaigns have got to be backed up by some of your excellent marketing operations. And if it's not backed up, you know, the warm and fuzzy feelings, well, I know I'm very effective in what I do, but you, but you're absolutely correct because I love it so much. And it's, it comes from a very natural place for me that I would do it whether I got paid or not. But when it comes time to being the breadwinning mom, I'm going to have to connect with the right people to help to draw and educe that out for me. And that's what you're doing for your clients. And so, so how do, when you're working with your clients, I know for myself that some people may, or maybe it's just my impression that people look at me and they think, oh, she's got everything going on for herself that's all positive and high level and she's figured this out and she's figured that out. And I know that certain people do think this way because when I tell them that I haven't, they seem really shocked and surprised. And so then (laughs) that makes me not want to share that I don't have it figured out. And so it gets me trapped between a rock and a hard place. So what do you say to women like me? I know I'm not the only one. You're absolutely not the only one. You're talking to one. I'm a recovering one. Um, that's the question we have as women, as women. We put this enormous pressure on ourselves to be superwoman in all areas of our lives. And here's the reality of it, Chloe. You're amazing at what you do. You are. You're absolutely amazing. You have this knack to get into a situation, converse with the person, help them to figure out exactly how they're wired, and lead them on a path to toward becoming their greatest and best self. That's amazing at what you do. So you're great at that. That doesn't mean that you have to be great at everything. And as women, for some reason, we have put this scorecard up and we've made ourselves believe that not only do we have to be great in every aspect of our life, so do other women. And that is just a fictitious life. It, it's, it's not even possible. So what, I, what I've learned to do is say, you know what, I'm really good at creating strategy. I'm amazing at it. You give me a vision, I'll give you a plan. You know, you tell me a challenge, I'll, I'll give you a solution. That's what I do. I can do that all day long. Now, if you ask me to tell you how to, uh, if, you, if you want me to create a vision for you, yeah, I probably am not going to be that person because I overanalyze almost everything. If you ask me to draw something, I'm not going to be able to do it. If you ask me to decorate a room, Chloe, I am not great at that. Do you know that? I can, I can pick <laughs> out the most 
beautiful pieces. But I will, I'm the young lady who will have all the pictures on one wall. And I used to feel like, oh, my God, I'm not a good woman. Oh, my God, something's wrong with me. All women know how to decorate. And everyone, that you know, they see my clothes and they see me put together and they see my hair and they see my makeup and they're like, surely your house is immaculate and it's decked out. Listen, if it is, I'm not going to tell y'all whether it is or it isn't. <laughs> if it is, <laughs> it is because I have solicited the support of someone else. And so I am comfortable knowing that I don't have to have it all together. Even for me, Chloe, when I was planning my 2015 year, I have some aggressive financial goals, really aggressive. And I love what I do. And I love who I do it with. And I love the fact that I get to help people with just being myself with the skills and talents that I have. I love it so much that I I usually say I'm going to have two scholarship clients a year. Last year, I had 10. So to prevent me from giving away my entire business, I had to solicit the help of my mentor who told me to get my act together, and she made me raise my rates, and enlist the support of my accountant who said, ma'am, you're going to go down under if you keep doing this. And so what I realized is I had to, in order to be successful, I have to surround myself with people who have strengths in my areas of weakness. I have um, abolished this idea of um, trying to make stronger my weaknesses. You know, a lot of times we have this idea that wherever I'm weak, if you strengthen your weaknesses, you're only going to have strong weaknesses. So what I want to do is continue to strengthen my strengths and then partner with people who are strong where I'm weak. And that's how oh, I've been wow, that is it. so amazing because... Uh, for years and years and years, I've been told, not, well, not recently, because I've started to reject what other people would say, is that you've got to become good in marketing. You've got to become good in keeping up with the financial books and all of this. And so thank you for reiterating that, because we can't do it all, and nor should we want to do it all. It's just not possible, nor do we, it's, it's not fun either. This has been so much fun. And for all of those who are working, nine to five and for all of those who are working on their own being entrepreneurs network marketers consultants new thought leaders artists authors whatever it is that you're doing i am really excited for you and one thing that you've got to have is a great marketer and janice tell the people how to get in touch with you you can check me out on facebook at facebook.com slash ministry marketing mentor or you can um, visit my website, www.maruwa.com. That's Marua, M-O-R-U-W-A.com. That is wonderful. Thank you so much, Janice, for sharing your time. And I feel like we didn't get nearly enough of my questions answered. And so that means you're going to have to come back uh, next month or for sure by March to share a little bit more so we can get into the trenches of uh, the marketing game and how do you really play it. Well, I'd love to, Chloe. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so very much. And we'll talk again very, very soon. All right. Take care. Bye for now. Bye-bye.
I just love having these types of conversations, meaningful conversations that are fun and sexy and alluring and just really helping us breadwinning moms to step up our game. And I am very now excited to transition just a little bit, not that much, but to bring on our next guest, who's also a contributor. And this is Ms. Chantel Thompson from Sweet Job Spot. She's going to be discussing careers and what to expect in 2005 and what is real sexy cool, the real sexy cool side of marketing for women and working moms. Hello, Chantel Thompson. Hi, Chloe. Hey, How, How are, are you? you? I am doing wonderful. Happy New Year to you. Well, thank you, and Happy New Year to you as well. Um, thank you. Excuse Chantel, me. I this I'm is... getting over a bit of a cold, so please excuse me. <laughs> oh, okay, we will excuse you for that. And I hear that um, we were having some challenges with the flu and being flu season, and it is extremely cold in Atlanta, which is unusual. So you bundle up and take care of yourself, okay? <laughs> I I certainly will. I got my humidifier and my Vic, so I'm good. <laughs> so Chantel, tell me what's real sexy cool for marketing uh, to women and working moms? Well, the big thing right now that is super sexy in that market is uh, athletic wear. And I know that sounds so strange, but so many women now and girls, um, are getting involved in athletics and staying involved in athletics. Um, it's no more the days when, you know, girls just used to do PE and then, and then after PE, it's like, okay, well, you know, I don't go back to the gym or I do a little jazzercise for a couple of years and then I get married and I never work out. Now we've got companies like Nike and Under Armour. They're coming out with all this, all these products to market to women because they're realizing how much, how hard women like to work and work out and look good doing it. So these are the companies yeah. that are on the rise. This is really interesting because as I was uh, talking just a little bit earlier in our little promo, uh, I was discovering the same thing from companies like the uh, Home Depot and their do-it-herself campaign and Puma, just as you're talking about, the athletic gear, just naming Rihanna, the singer, as creative director for their uh, new campaign for athletic wear for women. And of course, they're not the only athletic company uh, who's uh, catering to women. But you know, I was also looking at another article and the alcoholic beverage companies are targeting and marketing to uh, breadwinning moms. And, you know, we talked about this just briefly, not in every state is uh, marijuana legal, but uh, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy funny, I guess, make you want to giggle about these marketers <laughs> that <laughs> these marketers are uh, targeting uh, women as they're tapping into women because they know that women are major powerhouse influences uh, of decisions, which makes up about 45% of all household purchases are made from women. So um, it, there are just so many different things. I was reading another article where it comes to wearable digital 
fashion, like watches uh, that you can check your heartbeat and send it to a friend, all kinds of things where they're targeting women. So I think it's a pretty exciting time. And I'm hoping that this is going to absolutely uh, play into elevating the income and the, the money that women are making also. That's so funny that you say that. Today I was listening to a radio show and they have a watch for the BMW that will start your car and drive it to you. Like, Excuse you know, me? Standing, <laughs> yes, if you're standing, you know, if you're standing right outside, like in front of the store, you just went shopping and, you know, you want to get your car, like you can actually put in some code into your into this watch, I mean, it's probably not going to be out for real people for a long time, but it does work, and the car will actually navigate to position to be near you, and it'll park in front of you, and you get in. And I was just amazed to hear that. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it is, it is an amazing time. We are truly living in an amazing time, and it's kind of like blending the virtual with the real because what you're talking about this virtual chip that is acting in real time and this is the jetsons you've got your three kids all on your hip and all you have to do is push the little button and your car comes to you well you know it would absolutely be great when you said three kids and babies on your hips. When I was a young woman and I had three babies at the same time, uh, six, three and a baby, I was traveling international with three children. I have to say they were pretty good and I had it kind of organized and none of them ever really cut up on me. They were just so well behaved and I often got compliments, but it was a it was one of the greatest challenges, Chantel, to be able to just to keep that going on international flights. And so if I'd had a watch that could, you know, bring a car around for me <laughs> at that time, wow, that's gonna be amazing for young moms. I never thought about that, but you painted a really beautiful picture in my mind. What else is going on for breadwinning moms and marketers to uh, working women today and working mothers? Well, since we're on the topic of marketing and marketers, um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was marketing ourselves. And um, what's really important, there's something out there. I was a marketing major in college, so that was one of many majors. <laughs> but um, I was a marketing major in college, and I learned about something called the marketing mix. And it's the four Ps, which are product price, promotion, and place. And those four Ps really drive marketing. So when you're talking about kind of yourself as that product, how you market yourself and your career is really important. And having a marketing mix is, can be very helpful to you to add in those elements of, um, of business and and how you're going to market yourself because a lot of times people look at a job and they think, okay, you know, when I was a kid and this is when I was a kid, you know, you just, you drive around and you look for the sign or you walk into the place and you just say, are you hiring? But things are a lot different now. So you can't do that. 
And what you really need to look into is how can I market myself in these different areas? Who am I as a product? You're basically saying, um, hold on one second. I've got some, uh, excuse me, I think I have to mute something on my phone because I can hear myself. Can you hear me? Sure, I can hear you very clearly. I don't hear an echo or anything. Okay, I thought maybe it was something I was doing. Um, Okay, so essentially with the marketing, when you're talking about yourself as a product, you want to see yourself as a full packaged product. What do you offer? What are your skills? How are you competitive? Um, How can you communicate that to different employers? Like, for example, when we were just talking about Nike, you know, Nike has tons of products, right? They have, it's a big brand and, and they have lots of athletic products, but everything isn't for everybody, right? So they have their women's section and their children's section, and then they have their men's section and their boys' section, and they probably have special things for professional athletes that most people probably wouldn't buy. So you want to look at yourself as that brand and that product, and you want to say, okay, you know, I'm a mom, so I know how to do these things. Um, you can say, I've got a degree, so um, that puts me in place to do this. And then you can also add to the top layer and say, okay, what are my specialties? What are my skills? What are the things that I know how to do that would put me ahead of the next person in line? And that is really what we're talking about is in terms of you as a product, as, as something that can do multiple things for multiple people depending on who's asking. And when you're putting yourself in front of a potential buyer, which would be a potential employer, you want to be able to make sure that you are speaking to their needs. So let's say you know how to do Excel spreadsheets and PowerPoint presentations. Um, That might be very helpful in an office setting or very helpful in a small marketing company or a small, um, just a smaller uh, corporate company that that needs those skills, maybe accounting or business operations, things like that. But is it going to be important at the watch repair place? And I say this because I'm I'm near a watch repair place right now. But <laughs> is that going to be important? Well, maybe the Excel spreadsheet skills but maybe not so much a PowerPoint presentation. So you want to look at it and say, okay, I know how to do this and I know how to do that. Maybe your sales skills are going to be more important um, with the watch repair because they do, you know, they do repair, but they also want, may want to upgrade. You want a new band. Do you want me to embellish your, your watch or, you know, bring in more things, tell your friends and family, you know, to get more business. So your networking skills might be more important in that situation. So you want to make sure that you bring out the skills that you know that employer wants to see so that you can be that product that they want. And you can throw in the extra stuff that you know how to do that maybe they didn't tell you was important, but you know that makes you shine. I love this. You know, I'm glad that you brought up the whole thing about branding and marketing yourself because a lot of uh, breadwinning moms who are um, deciding that they are 
no longer wanting to be in corporate America are no lo longer wanting to be um, in retail or may, no longer wanting to be uh, to practice medicine, but they want to start their own medical practice. It doesn't matter uh, where you are. You just want to make a shift to be able to uh, work for yourself or even go to transition to another job. Then you've got to pay attention to your presence. It's called professional presence. What are you projecting? And as Chantel was talking about from what I have done in my own business in the past is help my clients to create a celebrity style brand. It's not like being a celebrity on TV or on, uh, you know, a celebrity in the movies. It's being a celebrity in your own arena. And pretty much what it is, is setting your own style, your own pace, your own skills and packaging that so that when you step into that new bit, new corporation, or if you're starting your own business, people, you want people to recognize you by what it is that you say that you do. So for instance, Chantel, I'm not sure if you were aware that I am myself making some professional transitions and I am becoming a, an international lifestyle model once again. I really enjoyed that while I was being a model and I gave that career up 15 years ago. And since I have written and published three books, I have been a speaker. I've worked in corporate America, not for corporate America, but with them. And so now after reevaluating myself and who I am right now and what I want, I realize that there's some rebranding that has to go along with that because uh, an international lifestyle model does not necessarily take the same packet that she used in corporate America as an executive coach to work. And so it doesn't matter when you're doing the rebranding or even maybe even People have not even thought about branding. They just got what they got by default because they never put anything in it. And now that I've said that, why don't you speak to that? What about people who show up and they get what they get by default because they have never considered creating a brand or an image for themselves to go out and get what they want? Well, you know, what I think about that is sometimes it does happen and it happens to a lot of people when they don't know what the next step is. So, you know, what I think that people, advice to people who are doing that is, you know, you can plan that step for now and find what you like in what you're doing now because you're never going to get to the next level if you, if you don't know what you want. Um, you know, we often spend time maybe watching television and you see what's going on and just like your, your previous guest that was just on, who was talking about how she wanted that corner office and you can wear a nice suit. But then what? After you wear the nice suit and you've worn it a few times and you've worn it for a few years, <laughs> you look out the window, you know, what else is there? Like, okay, I got an office and a window and I'm wearing a suit. And, you know, what else do I do? You kind of, you know, and that doesn't mean that there was, there was a goal to get there, but you have to rethink what you're doing to get to that next stage if you want to make a change. If you're happy where you are, then you're fine. And you could even stay in that big office and just do things differently. You know, depending on your personality and your goals, it really, it really just depends on you and what's speaking to you and what's in your heart. Now, the other things that are important in this marketing mix and this brand 
that brings me to the second thing, which is your place. So in the brand, in, in marketing, something called your place, that's your distribution. You would never walk into a paint store and look for nail polish, right? Right. So if I'm looking for a certain type of job, I want to make sure I'm in all the right places to make myself in a position, put myself in a position where I'm going to be able to get that job because I just happen to be in the right place at the right time with the right skill set that they want. So, you know, the distribution channels are, you know, the job posting, you can do cold calling, you can network and join associations. I'm a big fan of networking and joining associations where you can meet more like-minded people. Um, they are more likely to give you leads. They're more likely to be able to help you. Um, when you're job hunting on the Internet, look for special niche job boards that are there for your skill set only. The big job boards are great. They'll usually lead you to those smaller job boards if you pay attention and you look at where that job came from. You'll see that, okay, I'm a, I'm a technical professional. I went to DICE. I'm a diversity professional. I went to Black Girls Work. You know, you can go anywhere and you can really find what you're looking for. Now, in terms of, of other opportunities, the school you went to, some people have a real affinity for their college and they always want to hire people who graduated from their school. Um, so that was, that's a great place to go. And then when you're working with headhunters and recruiters, the same way, find that list of headhunters and recruiters that works in your area that can better place you for what you want. Um, so it's up to you which direction you want to go in, but those are some of the distribution channels that you have, and that will solidify the second P, which is your place. Now, so, okay, remind us again what the first P was or is? The first P is your promotion. Your okay. promotion you're promoting yourself, who you are, and what you bring to the table. Your second is your place. Where are you going to be? So if your resume is going to land on somebody's desk, What's the name of that person? What's their title? What do they do? And why would they hire you? That's your place, right? Right. Now, the third one, the third P is your price. Um, and your price is, you know, it's not just your salary, but it's also your compensation package. And, oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I think I made a mistake. Your first is your product. Then you've got your place. Um, then you have your promotion. So excuse me, I missed promotion. Promotion is how you promote yourself. And let me go back a step. How you promote yourself is basically what your resume looks like, your LinkedIn profile, how you look when you go places. Um, and we often think like, okay, I'm just, I'm hiding and I'm going to put on my PJs. And I'm just going to, you know, job hunt on the internet. That's great, but sometimes you'll job hunt outside of there. So make sure that you're looking professional, you're looking like somebody that other people might want to hire, and you're promoting yourself in a way that's positive. We often want to talk about our problems, 
oh, you know, this isn't working and that isn't working. Well, let's say I was a hiring manager. I might not think to tell you about any jobs because I would say, well, gosh, I was thinking of hiring or telling her about this job that I have available, but wow, she was really negative or she seemed like she just had a lot of problems. So I don't really want to talk to her. I'm not going to present that opportunity to her right now, maybe another time when she's a little less stressed out. And in your mind, you're thinking, oh, I'm just having a conversation. But when you're in the job, you want to make sure you pay attention to that way you promote yourself, the way you express yourself and show yourself to other people. I love it. So one of the most important things when we're talking about um, the real sexy, cool ways of marketing to uh, breadwinning moms and working mothers, women in general, is that we can still we can be created, but we've got to just as Janice Roberson was talking uh, earlier, we've got to really think about the marketing. And so, whether it's marketing ourselves individually uh, or marketing our company, uh, marketing a product, we can still use these four P's, which which would be product, uh, promotion, place, and price. Is that correct? That is correct, Chloe, yes. And price is more than just your paycheck. So think about that, um, you know, in terms of what else goes along with the compensation. Um, Things like travel, things like employee assistance programs, 401K plans, pension, uh, life insurance, vacation time. These are all things you want to blend into your price. And, you know, it it really does, it makes for a very sexy package because you have all these four different P's, the four P's, and what you're able to do is mix and match what you're looking for, what you offer, um, and how everything is going to work together. And then you have a full package, and you know how much you're not going to take, you know how much you're worth. Even if you take a job that you're not worth for a minute, you might, this will get you back on the path to say, okay, you know, I took that minimum wage job because I just really needed something, but I kept working at it so I could get a higher level job with more exposure. You know, um, I took a freebie position, but I kept working at it because I know I'm worth more, but I'm doing it for now in preparation for the next step. I love that. And, you know, uh, even if you just like Janice, uh, who's left a lucrative corporate career eight years ago, uh, ran into some situations where she had to regroup and rethink and rebrand and and uh, reposition herself. So I'm sure that she uh, had to really think about her product and promote herself and get into her place. And also we were talking about the price. So I I love this formula because it could be I can use it right now and my repositioning myself back into the fashion industry what's my product and and how am I going to promote myself in the place and what prices fortunately I have an agent who's going to command the prices for me so I don't have to worry about that so much however if I get a call and they're saying to me that they're going to pay me um five hundred thousand dollars for a new campaign and I know that um another group of girls women have gotten um 2.5 million, I'll know my price and I'll know my, and I can have that discussion with my agent. So we're not just 
negotiating our own deals and we deals and we have someone like an agent or mentor or marketing or accountant, whoever is helping us, then we still have to know our own worth. So this has been a really real sexy, cool conversation today with two powerhouse women and Janice Roberson and Chantel Thompson. This is starting off to be a real, I would say, um, a kick butt kind of a year 2015 where I'm very, very excited. And it's not just about working nine to five, even though I love our theme song uh, with Dolly Parton. It's about uh, working the way you want to work, whether it's nine to five or nine nine to nine or if it's two days a week or if it's one day a month whatever you have in your heart's desire is uh realistic and Chantel, please tell the listeners how to connect with you and to get in touch with you at sweet job spot yes you can connect to me at sweetjobspot.com um you can also follow me on twitter at sweet job spot facebook at sweet job spot and um i'm on LinkedIn as well. So I look forward to hearing from you. Thank and you so very I'm much, Chantel. <laughs> this I'm Chloe. Always great yeah. to be on the show. It is always great and you always bring a wealth of knowledge in a very informative and entertaining way. And uh, thank you so very much. I, You have been a part of Women Influences Debt today and we do make up 85% of all household purchases and decisions. And I am really happy that we, you and I and Janice and all of the other amazing guests who have been part of Breadwinning Moms with Chloe to be part of this trend. So thank you so very much. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Have an amazing week, Chantel Thompson. All right. Thank you so much, Chloe Taylor Brown. You have a good week, too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye for now. You have been listening to Breadwinning Moms with Chloe. I'm your host, Chloe Taylor-Brown. If you'd like to connect with me, you can always reach out at chloetaylorbrown.com. Goodbye for now, and we'll see you next week.